Hello, my friends, and welcome to Band Hacks, a podcast designed to discuss the many ins and outs of band directing in the great state of Texas. I am Doug Fullwood, and with me is Jason Webb, and we are coming to you from the Royce City ISD Performing Arts Center in Royce City, Texas, just east of Dallas. Sit back, relax, and enjoy as we get into all things Hey, welcome back, everybody. Happy end of your week. It is another episode of Band Hacks, and uh, we are in Bandtober now. Aren't yes. We? This is not the end of the week. The no. week is like halfway over right That's now. That's right, because your week goes all the way to hopefully the end of Saturday, right? Yes. Right. So we got band contests coming up like crazy. Homecoming. Homecoming, because why wouldn't we oh, have homecoming? Yeah. Um, and then... Uh, you know, the weather's changed a little bit, so that's been nice. Um, don't seem like we have a lot of water forecasted in the next several yes. days. So, yes. you know, already hopefully the stress and anxiety is less than what it would normally be uh, if it were a rainy season, right? I, yes, I can I could say it's, it's a little bit less because of that, but it's, yeah. Oh, but it's still there? Oh, yes, absolutely. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. So I think, I think a lot of times we don't actually realize um, – things like anxiety and stress and how those things actually impact us, uh, not only in our job, but also just how we are when we're not working. Right. Right. So, so definitely wanted to talk about some of those things today and some, maybe some coping mechanisms as well as, um, you know, some things that you can do right now, um, to kind of reframe the situation as far as, you know, what's going on. Cause I know when I was younger, Anything that wasn't slightly going the right way, the world was falling apart as far as I was concerned. Yeah, right? been there. Yeah, yeah, and, and and we know that's not really what's happening. I'm, well, I mean, it wasn't back then. I'm not sure the world's not falling apart now, but but for different reasons, right? Right. So let's let's just talk about anxiety in general. So, anxiety. What is it? What is anxiety? I would say feeling stressed and stuff, but just kind of. Constant worrying. Constant worrying. Yeah, I agree with that. Being fearful of um, either what the outcome is going to be or something that's unknown or um, maybe we just don't feel good for certain reasons and we can't even identify what that is, right? Right. So uh, symptoms of anxiety, right? Um, so what kinds of things do we encounter when we are feeling anxious? I, I sometimes just get out of breath and my heart is racing. Just absolutely can't stop worrying about what's coming up. Right. I know, I know for me, like sometimes I get dry mouth, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, especially if I'm speaking in public, it's like, uh, you know, almost that stage fright kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I remember when I was, I was playing my horn in college and not very well, I might add, but, but when I was doing that, um, I struggled a lot with, the, oh my goodness, how is this going to go? You know, it didn't matter how many great times I played it in the practice room. I was not confident on stage. It was not feeling good about it. Right. So the heart would race, sweaty palms, all of those different kinds of things where you can tell your body's not behaving normally. Right. Yep. Um, so what is our usual response to symptoms of anxiety? Like what, how do we, how do we know? Or let me ask you this. How do you deal with it from your perspective? And I'll give you mine. Well, I, I don't know. 
I, I'm not saying that I do a, a good job of it. Oh, no, honestly. I'm not saying either one of us yeah, do. That's, no, that's I, what I just like th- this whole episode needs to be in the interest of transparency. So, you know, you and I both have had successful careers and we, we love our jobs. We love the profession. Yeah. But I just want everybody to know that this is a real thing. Oh, absolutely. And, and it does impact people. And, and it is something that can really knock you down if you're not paying attention to it. So, yeah. so go ahead. Well, I try and, I try and avoid the situation sometimes. Like I, um, Interesting. you were talking about performance. Uh, my last recital that I ever gave mm-hmm. at, uh, the university of Michigan, my master's recital. You got a standing ovation. I, uh, yeah, probably. I probably. Yeah. I mean, but, there's so many of them. It's hard to remember. Yeah, right? Exactly. Yeah. But you know, I, I would do, I would get the same thing as you. I get that cotton mouth. Yes. And just absolutely not be able to, you know, somebody says, oh, hey, have a drink of water. And, you know, the, the water does not help when you have cotton mouth <laughs> as nervous as I am. That's true. I felt like SpongeBob when he like comes out of the water or whatever, and he just completely dries yeah, up in an ex- instant. Yes, yes. For those of you that have kids, yeah. you know exactly what oh, we're yes. talking about. But, um, you know, I scheduled my master's recital on Easter. <laughs> of course you did. So that nobody would show up. Of co- did you really? Yeah. Oh my goodness. And my trumpet know. professor brought his whole family. His mom came and everybody. So it didn't, it didn't work oh, out as my well, goodness. but uh, yeah. no, it was, it was an, okay, it was, it was a good recital. It was fine. Oh, I'm sure it was. I, just, I mean, you were I was freaking out about it, you know? Yeah. And that's, you know, it's funny too. There are some, some things where it just doesn't matter how much we prepare. We're still going to have a level of anxiety about, going through the process, whatever it is. Right. Um, which, which again is totally normal. That's human nature, you know? And, and sometimes I would worry if people aren't concerned about that a little bit, because that, that, that also goes to, I want to perform well. I want my kids to do well. I want to be well thought of in the profession. I want to all of these things. And so how many of these stressful or anxiety, uh, ridden events, do I have to go through in order to get to and arrive at that point in time? Right. Yeah. And, and then what's the aftermath going to be if it doesn't go well, you know? And so, um, what else? I mean, I don't know. Sometimes I, and I'm not actively avoiding the situation cause you can't really do that and keep your job. Right. But I mean, it does relieve some of it. Like for instance, last year, you know, I got COVID in the middle of marching season. <laughs> Yes, and, you did. Uh, it was. Uh, it's amazing on, how many times that has come up yeah, in our discussions. Yeah. Well, it was. I think it was the first game. No, it may may have been the no, second game. That was, was the long longest was, trip of the year. It was the second game, and the elevator and the trailer actually yes. broke on that trip while you were at home just chilling playing video games. I wasn't playing video games. I'm sure. Yeah. I was whatever. watching Netflix. Okay, <laughs> that's better. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like that. I don't know how stressed I would have been if if you know I had been the the director there that when they run out and they say, Hey, we just yes. you know, crushed the bass drum with right. the elevator. Right. Well, I'll tell you, it wasn't a good feeling. Yes. Okay. It was not good at all. Well, thank you for handling that. Yeah, oh yeah, of course. My yeah. pleasure. Uh, but, <laughs> but no dodging it. I mean, dodging the anxiety definitely like kind of relieves the stress a little bit, but, um, but it's momentary, is it not? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 So, um, you know, for me, I, I have a tendency where if something's not going the right way, or if I feel like there's this perceived 
I'm very uncomfortable about how this is going to go. My heart rate goes up significantly. Right. Like I really, it's my heart starts to jump out of my, my chest. And it, it bothers me a lot too, because sometimes, you know, in our jobs, we, we do have conversations with people that are not necessarily fun. Um, sometimes it is conflict management. And a lot of times people will say something where it's like, okay, my emotional response to that is I just want to punch you right now. <laughs> I'm not going to do that, but I just have that thing in my head that goes, okay, that was offensive. What you said to me, I should be angry about because that's not at all what's going on. Right. Yeah. And, and so I'm kind of that way and I really have to struggle. I really struggle with making sure that when somebody does that, they say something that is like, you know, I feel like I need to tee off on. I really have to just go, okay, I'm gonna take a deep breath and I'm just going to sit here and listen. I'm gonna let them keep talking. Yeah. And then, then we get to, okay, this is how I'm going to respond because, because no matter what, you know, I, I don't have to actually like what they're telling me. I don't have to agree with it either. And, and honestly, it's a bunch of words strung together to make a sentence. And, yeah. you know, I mean, I mean, it's, shouldn't I, it, have complete control over your well being in life. And well, and that's the thing is, is a lot of times somebody else says something that we allow to, um, I don't like the word trigger at all, but somebody says something and we just kind of have this thing light up in us that goes, Nope, I'm being wronged. And then we don't manage the situation very well, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and again, a lot of times it is, it is an anxiety part because you will go into meetings with people or meetings with parents where it's like, I'm not feeling good about this. I, I know this parent is mad. This is going to go South. I should not have to spend my time on this. And then, then we end up, being a self-fulfilling prophecy where they get mad, you get madder and then boom, it blows up and nothing good comes of that, you yes. know? So, so I know that's for me, that that's kind of what I struggle with. Um, I'll tell you another thing from an anxiety standpoint. Um, if there's something big on the horizon for me, uh, like we're getting ready to host the marching contest next Saturday. Mm -hmm. Right. So there's a million details, all of our parents, all of our kids are helping us. And so, you know, I was at a point in my career where I used to have nightmares about my own band on the field. Cause I know some of you do that. Oh yes. Now I'm starting to have nightmares about, okay, what, what if something doesn't go well at contest? And, and I, you know, it's a legit fear and concern of mine because if something doesn't go well, then I have not done what I needed to do to make sure the experience for the students and directors was what it was supposed to be. Right. I'm not talking about like if, you know, lightning hits a goalpost and it falls down on the field and we have to stop. But I'm just, I'm just saying something goes wrong with the competition software or, you know, something ends up getting out of schedule or, you know, we run out of nacho cheese. I, I don't know, but you know, things like that. And I'm just like, Oh, that, and I think about it day in and day out and day in and day out until the event is over. Yep. And so it's weird because part of me responding in that way I like to think helps make sure that the details get taken care of. But I also wonder how many years off of my life I take when I do that. And I just dwell on it and like, okay, what do I got to do? Where's my 27 list? You know, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know if you're that way. Oh, I'm so. absolutely that way. Yes. Yeah. I, you know, we could have a great rehearsal. We could go and, and have a fantastic performance on a Friday night. And as I'm getting ready to leave, a kid could walk into my office and say, Hey, I'm really, really not, you know, liking band this year. I think I'm going to quit. Not, not and passionate then, about it anymore. Right, not passionate about it anymore. And then my whole weekend mm. is about that one 
thing. Right. It is, but, but, and not my whole week. I, like, I don't like just go sit in my house and go to sleep or anything like that and just think about that. <laughs> just, I'm just going to, I'm just going to meditate on the fact that this student is quitting. Yes. Oh. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But no, I, you know, I, I think about that throughout the weekend and yeah. I'm, I'm not consumed by it, but I'm thinking like, well, what can I say? Or, Hey, do I need to call this parent or do, what right. do I need to do to fix this? Exactly. You know, and, or is it, is it something that I'm doing wrong? Am I not mm-hmm. doing my job? Well, you start to, you start to question, right? Correct. Yeah, yes. And, and I think a lot of us are that way. And you know, the, the bottom line is, and you know, I used to tell my daughter this all the time. We only have control over us. We don't have any control over students or parents or how they perceive what we do. Like we got to focus on us in order to make sure that we're doing things in the right way. Right. But by focusing on us, like if a kid comes and says, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm not passionate. Well, and that may not even be the reason that's just what they're going to tell you because they think they think it sounds cool. Right. Sure. So, so then you automatically start reflecting on, okay, what could I, like you said, what could I have done different? What could I have done better? How could this have been more experienced? Cause I don't want to lose a student, you know? And, and so that's, there is a level of anxiety there because a lot of times too, it's like, okay, well that student quit. Well, am I going to have more? Do I have more people that are not wanting to do anybody <laughs> else feel that same snowball? Way? Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it can, and, and it, it doesn't necessarily typically snowball where you get 20 kids or something quitting, but it snowballs in your head. Right. And you're like, okay, step one, this kid quit. Step two. Oh my gosh, what am I going to do? Next kid comes in. Uh, I don't want to fucking be at rehearsal for the rest of the season. What? Yeah. You know, and, and, and we, we, we get in those places where it's like we we stand at the top of the hill and we stare down the mudslide and go, Well, I wonder when I'm gonna fall. Right? Yep. And and that can really just be unnerving, you know. And it's you all know exactly what we're talking about because you've all been there. Those of you that are seasoned vets, you probably have gotten to the place where you're like, Well, the kid quits, kid quits. I'm going to focus on the students I do have. And I think that's the right, the right attitude about it right up until the point where we don't continue to reflect on our own practice and how we're doing things and treating kids and taking care of business. Right. Right. So, so there's a balance there. And I mean, if, if a kid is wanting to get out of band and, and you know that band is where they need to be. Right. And that, you know, regardless of, you know, if they have a bad attitude or, or whatever, and they're not bringing their, their music prepared. Right. Um, you know, you can still try and talk that kid back into band sure. and, and let them know that you care about them. Definitely. But, you know, at some point, yes, you get to that point where you're, you're pretty much saying, um, Oh my goodness. I just lost it. Sorry. That's okay. You're pretty much saying that, um, you know, I am just going to teach the kids that I have. Right. And you know, this person, hopefully, hopefully everything works out for that person and they find something else. What's frustrating though too is I know for me, every time I ever had a student that, that did not do band, I always wondered, you know, I always wondered where they were when they were gone. Because what I, what I saw a lot of times was kid would quit band grades became less important. I'd see their name on the eligibility list. And, yeah. you know, oh, and, yeah. and those kinds of things, it's just like, oh, just like rip my heart out. Come on, kid. I know you can do better than that because I've seen you do better than that. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, one of my one of my favorite lines, and this just happened not, not this year, but recently, um, I had a student come in and say, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to do band next, next year, Mr. Webb. Mm-hmm. I said, 
oh, why not? You know, why aren't you going to do band? Right. And they said, well, you know, it's just, it's just not fun anymore. It's just <laughs> not fun. I don't, I don't like mm-hmm. doing it. And I said, well, what are you going to do instead? And they were like, nothing. <laughs> And I said, well, I know that nothing's not fun. Right. That's, that's you know? the wrong answer. <laughs> I mean, come Just on. not doing anything. Right. Yeah. And, and I think that's, that's true, too. I think students, when they come talk to us about those things, they have, they have this pathway that they're, they're planning on taking. Because, like, we're, we're scary, right? We're, it's intimidating to talk to us about things. And, and so it's like, okay, well, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. And then we come back with something like, well, what are you going to do instead? And they're like, I wasn't really prepared for that, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know? Yep. And so, so anyway, um, so what types of things let's talk about, again, we're still talking about anxiety in general, right? So anxiety in our job as music educators. So what types of things are we dealing with there? Uh, from the smallest to the biggest. Okay. I mean, well, let's like talk right about now, some I'm, small things and big things. I'm kind of anxious about tomorrow night because it's the first time we're going to wear uniforms. Yeah, as the first time we've worn hats and plumes in three, three years. years. Yep. Yeah, three years. Yep. And um, you know our bleachers right now with the 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 bleachers over in the end zone. Yes. Don't really allow us to bring our hat, hat boxes, boxes up right, there. Right. So we're gonna have to stack all that up. And I just I keep envisioning like, oh well, these kids are gonna take a thousand years to do this, and then we're gonna have to do <laughs> plumes, and then before you know it, you know yeah. it's halftime, so and you're we're gonna, not ready. We're so not. So you're even gonna have up. to have the kids go down at ten minutes left in the first quarter to right. get their hats yes, and everything. Exactly. On. Yeah. 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 No, and I mean that's not a big stressor and stuff, and we've we prepared for it and we've told them about it, but it's those little things that do creep up that maybe you forgot about for one game or right. you forgot to tell the freshman about how we do a certain thing Yes, that when it happens and it looks a little bit unorganized, mm-hmm. it's just like a, Oh man, yeah. grit your teeth kind of anxiety. Yeah. Or my favorite is when, you know, when you do inspection, right. And, and you end up with a single kid with white socks. Right. Yes. And, and, you know, that was always one of my missions was I have to catch any kid that has white socks because I will not have white socks on the field at any point in time. It's just not going to happen. And, but, but stuff like that. And, and, and then when it does happen and you're like, oh my gosh. And you take that very personally. Yes. Because, because that is, you know, in some ways that can be considered an indictment on your organizational skills and the way that you run things. Uh, but we have to be really careful there too, because, you know, that that's a student that just didn't get their stuff taken care of. Right. Right. And so, you know, how do we manage that? Cause kids are going to do that. They're going to mess up. And so maybe the way you manage that is they show up with white socks and you go, Hey, yeah, you're not going to march with white socks, but do I have a deal for you? I have a whole stash of black socks over here, two bucks a pair. No problem. You yes. know, you can even owe me. And then you, you resolve that, that particular issue. Okay. But what about, um, okay. So performance anxiety, I know how I felt on stage. You've already talked about how you felt on stage. How do you feel when you're watching the show live performance audience that you're up in the box? What does that feel like to you? Yeah, I'm nervous. I'm thinking about all the things that can go wrong. And if there's (laughs) just a little hint of those things, it just, oh, grates at me. Like, I'm just like really nervous now. I mean, I have the. I have the pleasure of having you up in the box oh, with me at most games. <laughs> um, so, and, and I'll say this, it, it has been a lot worse in past years. Um, and, and even when clinicians come in, if there's something that's like really bad and I know it, yes, I'll, I'll preface our performance with it. <laughs> like, 
okay, man, like, tell me what you think about this. But, but just, I know. just know that we just had, like, you know, <laughs> 75 kids fail and, you know, three right. kids broke their leg. Right. And, because and we just learned this part this week. <laughs> because, again, you're back to being concerned about what somebody else thinks about your Correct. teaching skills, yes. right? Yes. And, and your band. And, and, and I know that sounds silly, but. I mean, that is a lot of what our profession does. We are, we are natural born error detectors. That's what we're, we're taught to be. And man, we can be some judgmental people from time to time. And, and, you know, so it all, it kind of puts everybody in a defensive posture. If you stop and think about it, you know, Um, I know we talked a little bit about administrators um, on the show before too. And, you know, I, I know when I was in school, nobody told me, Hey, the administration is on your side. That is not what they said. You need to make sure you do this. You need to make sure you do this. Otherwise, your administration is going to write you up. They're going to do this. They're going to do this. And that was totally the wrong approach because there really are some great administrators out there. And there's some horrible ones, too. Don't get me wrong. But there really are some great ones out there who just simply want to know how they can support you. But but if your approach is, I'm anxious and I'm fearful because I'm going to get written up because I got to a ball game late. But you don't actually know that that's what's going to happen. You just dream that up in your head. Yeah. Guess what? You're causing your own problem, you know? Yes. Um, so, okay. What about entry deadlines? That's, yeah, that can be stressful for sure. Yeah. Well, we're, we're still on anxiety is what we're looking at. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I get I get a little bit anxious about, about entry deadlines, especially Oop. when it comes to... Um, Sorry about that. <laughs> when it comes to things that I don't know how fixable they are, like uh, all region entries. Right. Um, I don't get super um, anxious about entries into UIL or marching and things because you 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 have a long time to do that, and there's a late entry and and all of that mess. But you know, I've I've been afraid to miss miss out for like one kid being entered in a contest, right? And then showing up and saying, "Oh, I've been practicing this stuff for three months." Yeah, and I forgot to sign them up. Yes, yeah. So there's that. There's also you know double, triple, quadruple checking your form one to make sure that everybody's there. And yes, I mean, th- there's all those little bitty checks and balances that take time. And my favorite is when I'm working through checking something for the fifth or sixth time, someone's always interrupting. So then I have to address whatever that is. And I have to go back and go through it again. And then I'm like, oh, I'm going to be here another 30 minutes, you know? Yep. I mean, so I think there's, there's a lot to be said for recognizing what are the moments, the anxiety-inducing moments that we deal with? So some of the other things, too, it's like, okay, well, our, our marching shows seven minutes and 57 seconds. Oh, yes. And, and we have to be at the tempo, and if we're not, then we're going to go over time. And we roll like that and go, yeah, it's okay. It's okay that we get down to four <laughs> seconds. Like, I'm not okay with that. Like, uh-uh. if you have nerves of steel, cool. If you want to do that, great. I'm not going to do that, you know? Yeah. Um, if it got that close, I'd jump up on the podium and cut the band off like with a with a full phrase lift or something. Yeah. Yes, yes. Like like Dr. Lee did in drumline, right? Yeah. 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 So but but I think um, you know, keeping some of these things in perspective in terms of what is really life and death versus what is really something that like, okay, we might it might invoke a reaction or response. Um, you know, physiologically, but really we need to be in control of our brain and go, okay, hang on. No, that this is not as big of a deal as I think it is. And also sometimes that's hard to do. And sometimes we need to be able to give our spouses 
significant others, our coworkers, permission to go, hey, you're you're really over the top with that. So just yeah. like take a deep breath, calm down. You know, and sometimes we do need somebody else to help us calm down. Sure. Um, you know, uh, so I, I think. Well, it, and if you're if you're that person that's saying calm down, a lot of the time, it, I mean, at least with me, it makes mm-hmm. me feel better for somebody else to say like, yeah, hey, remember this isn't this isn't life or death. This right. Is, this is banned. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there, yeah, th- th- this is okay. Yeah. Now, um, I'm not saying that in a situation where there is a legit medical emergency or there's a student issue, like have all the anxiety about that that you want. Yeah. But what I'm talking about here is, you know, we're talking about the things in the job that cause us anxiety, that cause us to feel a certain way, to think a certain way that bleeds over beyond our professional life into our home life, whatever that is. And so those are things that we just have to be willing to, you know, again, we talk about reflection a lot on the show. We have to be able to reflect on how did this situation go down? Maybe talk to a mentor and go, okay, I said this, this person said this, how would you have handled this differently? Cause obviously this didn't go well. And, and we learn how to manage and navigate those things. Cause I know, I know for me, 20 years ago, if you brought me a problem, like an administrator brought me a problem as a band director, I thought the world was catching on fire. That wasn't really what they were saying. They were simply going, hey, can we address this? Right. I thought I was going to lose my job. That wasn't what they were saying. But I automatically went from zero to the world is coming to an end in like 0.5 seconds. Yeah. And, and of course, as I've gotten older and had more life experience, I know that that's not actually what's going on, you know? And when things are brought from that perspective, supervisor to employee, uh, what they're really saying is, please go address this, you know? Yeah. And, and no, that's not always necessarily a fun thing, but, but, but that's, it it is what it is that you have to look at it for what it is, not for what you think it is, if that makes sense. Yes. So, um, so let me, go ahead. Well, and you know, the, the awesome administrators that we have here and not just to you, but oh my our gosh. other, our high school administrators here, <laughs> yeah. um, are really good about when they, and they've come in and talked to me mm-hmm. even this year and said, Hey, this, we need to do this yep. or Hey, this, we need to do this. Right. And when they're telling me, I, I'm, you know, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Right. But also they're telling me that like, Hey, this is, this is something that like, you're not doing anything wrong. But like yes. we've got to change this to this, and so I'm not taking it as like, hey, you are you are in the wrong with this right here. Right. I'm going to write you up if you do this again. Right. It's just a hey, we all know that this thing is changing. We have to fix this here. And, right. And it and it, you know, it's just a a, a much calmer scene to like play through instead of yeah, yeah. having somebody come in and tell you everything that you're doing incorrect. Well, and I think too, the, the alternative is them coming in and telling you what you did wrong and then them taking it away from you to fix because they don't have any confidence or trust in your ability to resolve the issue. Yeah. To me, that's far worse, you know? Yes. So I, I want, especially our younger friends out there. And again, I'm not saying there's not, awful administrators out there because there are, but there are also a lot out there where we hear their, their interactions with us and we misinterpret the meaning. We assume we're on the chopping block. We assume that, Oh my gosh, if I don't do this, then I'm not going to get my contract renewed. And, and again, you know, that that's not really where you need to be in those moments. 
you, now again, administrators can can drive that conversation in a negative fashion. They certainly can. But if they're not doing that and they're just saying, hey, can we make sure we do this? Then just take it for what it is, you know, because yeah. because most times, like, for example, hey, uh, so-and-so, could you go and get your lesson plans in this week? Because, yeah, I'm checked and they're not in there yet. Okay, sure. Yeah, I'm sorry. I forgot that. Yeah, no problem. Just get it done. Cool. We're done. Now, why am I checking on lesson plans? Because I've got somebody who's checking on me checking on lesson plans, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that that's the thing. So I, I have a certain um, level of expectations placed on me in my role versus people that are below me um, in terms of, you know, the chain of command. Uh, plus I have people above me in terms of the chain of command that are making sure I'm doing my job. And that is not a... Um, you are bad at your job scenario. That is not a, you are about to get fired scenario. That is, I just simply need you to correct this. The end. Yep. And we move on, you know? Um, so anyway, so that's, those, those are a lot of things about just anxiety inducing things like getting a parent call and the parent being angry on the phone. And you, you immediately are like, ah, you know, it, you, you don't know what to say. Should I hang up? Should I, you know, emotionally react or should I just sit here and take it? And again, you know, if you need help knowing what the answer is to that, you know, basically if you get a, a parent that's calling you to yell at you, you don't just sit there and let them yell at you. Like that's not necessarily something that you need to do. There is an administrative approach where they'll let the parent yell just to get it out of their system. Hmm. I personally am not in favor of that because I would not yell at them. So you want to have a reasonable conversation? Cool. So, you know, it's basically like, Hey, listen, I would love to hear what you have to say, but I'm not going to be yelled at over the phone or in person. So yep. you let me know, let me know when you want me to call you back and we're done. So, you know, and, and again, it depends on what your administration wants you to do there too, but you have to be so careful about how much of this job anxiety in this job you internalize and go, this is my fault. This is my problem. This is mine to fix. Because a lot of times it's not always yours to fix. And a lot of times in order for you to fix it, you need more information. You need some support. You need some guidance. And so the other thing that's a little bit scary is saying, I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to fix that. I don't know how to resolve this. But once you say it, it's pretty freeing. Yeah, it really is. Because then now all of a sudden it's like, okay, I don't know how to do this. What do I need to do next? I got to go figure out how to do it. The wrong answer is I don't know how to do it. And I sit there and I don't do anything and wait for it to blow up. Right. And, and that's the, yeah. And a lot of the, um, for me and, and this hasn't happened in several years, but it started when I was in college and I went to a, a music festival for like six or seven weeks, kind of like interlocking over yeah. in Brevard. Yeah. And, I, I love my experience there and I, I, I go and I'm practicing and I'm working really hard and I'm making friends and everything. Mm -hmm. But at a certain point I get to where I'm like, okay, I'm ready for this to be, I'm ready for this to come to an end. Yes. And so I start counting down the days and it's just like, I'm wasting each day where I could be like having a good time and like having a positive frame of mind That's such as a good to point. just like, waiting for it's it to end the and countdown that's, to the end of yes, the fun right? and that is that is so what true. i do with with uil in the past I, I don't do that now right but um in the past i mean i remember thinking okay we've got i got 30 days mm -hmm. until the day of yes. i'm ready for that day to be here right i'm just gonna like 
and let, do nothing until you well, know nothing of substance until I get to that day. Yes, and then my life will be better. Right, and is it ever better? Well, sometimes it's better, but it's but, not. But, but, but I but just wasted no. those thirty. That, but that's days what of I'm saying. Life. Is it better because the the anxiety inducing event is now over? You see what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. And no, and I'm, so so like you know I yes you have wasted that time while you were busy stressing and I've done that myself. I, I know 100 beyond a shadow of a doubt, especially when I was younger. I would stress and stress and stress and be, you know, anxious and anxious and anxious. And, and there was not a blessed thing that that was going to do to help whatever the situation was. Right. And, but I did it anyway. Like I knew that wasn't a good thing to do, but I did it anyway. And, you know, so if that's you stop it, stop it right now. You will take years off of your life doing that. It's just not worth it. It's not worth it to do all of that. I'm not saying yep. stop teaching, but stop worrying about stuff like that. You control what you can control. You teach your kids. You reflect on your practice. You reach out to mentors. That's what you worry and concern yourself about. If you start worrying and concerning yourself about things that are negative in nature or things that you have no control over but are impacting your group, if, if you're just like going to dwell on that, it's not going to end well. Right. It's just not. No. Um, so, so that's something, uh, that's an excellent point. That whole countdown to the event, the event's over, and then, heh, right? Yep. The event's over, great. Now I'm back to reality. Well, meanwhile, what reality has turned into is you ignoring reality for several weeks. Yeah. And then you're trying to reconnect with your family, reconnect with your kids, reconnect with your friends. And they're like, no, we're, we're good. You, you do your thing. You do you, crazy band yep. director guy. And, and that's, I mean, yes, family is absolutely can be, you know, impacted negative, negatively with absolutely. that. Um, but like, like for me this last year, you know, I joined my, my golf association two mm -hmm. years ago. And um, I started playing. And then once we got into contest season, I thought, man, if I go play golf today with my, with my mm -hmm. friends – then I come home, I'm going to be super stressed out going into next week. Right. And so I wouldn't go. I didn't go. Right. And anyways, I got back into it in the summer and then thought, okay, well, now it's marching season. I mean, I need to like, mm -hmm. you know, I don't need to go play golf with my friends. I just need to sit and worry about marching right. band. Which is, which is the exact opposite of what you need right. to do. Right. Right. And, and just even the thought like, well, you know, I'm really tired from marching band. I don't really need to go do this. Mm -hmm. Um, no, you but, know, but get, your, many, get your mind on something that's else. The thing that's is positive. Like, like how many more times do you go, okay, I'm really tired from marching man, but then you go, ch you change activities and then you're actually energized by going and doing something different, like going and playing golf, yeah. um, you know, or just going and, and taking your wife or husband out to go to have a date night or something. Yeah. I mean, you know, you, yes, you're tired. Yes. You're exhausted. And yes, you're, you're mentally fatigued, but again, you change the activity we get away from marching band or get away from whatever the, the issue is for a little while. And I mean, cause that's not the thing you have to be really careful of with this job is, is you as a band director, that can just be who you are. You're the job. And, yeah. and that's how we're conditioned as musicians is you are a musician. You are a band director. I am a band director 24 seven. Right. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. and so the problem is, I mean, there's a lot of professions where they're not those things 24 seven, you know, they're not, they, they have whatever shift they work and they come home and they're not doing that. They're not messing with that. They don't have to deal with any of that. 
Whereas we let it cycle around in our heads all the time. Okay. All the time. And, and if you are one of the lucky few that doesn't do that, then man, good for you. Cause, because, because it is a, it is a challenge to, you'll be sitting there thinking about band and then your, your wife or husband will say something to you and you're like, wait, what was that? And you know, good and well, you weren't listening. You know, it wasn't that you didn't hear, you just simply were not listening. And guess what? They know too. Yes. Yeah. yeah, So, so you just, you just have to like be reasonable with that. So, all right. So we, we pointed out a lot of, of the anxiety stuff, but how do we resolve, um, some of that? What are some solutions to managing anxiety in the job, anxiety in our lives? Um, for me, it's, it's, getting away from it for a minute, you know, whether that's playing golf or going swimming with the kids or, you know, watching Netflix (laughs) (laughs) instead of playing video games, no watching Netflix while you're dealing with the elevator crush in the concert. I appreciate that. (laughs) Yeah. So I I think too, um, for, for the longest time, there has been this thought process of if you have anxiety, you have stress induced emotions. You just need to suck it up buttercup, pull yourself up by the bootstraps and go right. That's not, that is not always a reasonable solution to the problem because a lot of times these things that are impacting you mentally and emotionally are actually inhibiting your ability to use good judgment and do your job effectively. And so it's not a, Hey, I'm just going to, you know, put on my, my suit, my Superman suit and just power through this, that may be the exact wrong thing to do. So, you know, th- there's a, a, a couple of things that you can do. Um, not th- and, and, and I want to be really clear here. Neither of us are counselors or professional psychiatrists or any of those things. Um, but you know, if, if for example, medication is something that you need to do that will help you through that, then great, do that but make sure there is an actual professional that is helping you through those things. Um, you know, being able to frame something for what it is rather than what you spun it up to be in your head, you know? Um, like for example, let's go back to this whole, I want to be well respected in the profession. I want people to know who I am. I want people to know that my bands are good. Right. Yep. And I worry about that. Well, most of the time, people are not thinking about you what you think they are, first of all. Second of all, if you really think that, you know, the band guys, right, are sitting at home going, man, I wish this town over here 300 miles away, I wish that guy would get his stuff together. That's <laughs> not what's happening, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, for any of us to say we came out of school and just knew how to do the job, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life. We're all learning. We're all learning at different rates, you know, about the only place where you, you could say, okay, that's a challenge is where, you know, you're looking at a director and you've seen like, they're asking you, Hey, how do you do this? How would you fix this? And then you share that information and they do the exact opposite and then it doesn't go well. And then they complain about it not going well. Right. I mean, that's just kind of like, okay, that's just kind of counterintuitive to me. But as far as what can we do? You know, I think number one, you, you have to be willing to step outside of the emotions of the situation. So a lot of times that's 
let me write down the issues that I'm having right now. Maybe that's electronic. Maybe you write it down on a piece of paper. You get thoughts out of your head. You get them down on paper somewhere other than in your brain to help you figure out how to navigate through whatever those things are. If you can't figure it out, a mentor, a trusted friend. Hey, what do you think about this? Because if you're so emotionally invested that anxiety is kicking up in you, you're, you're compromised in terms of being able to make an objective decision, you know? Yep. And, and that's, I, I personally struggle with that because I am, believe it, I know you find this hard to believe. I'm a pretty emotional guy when it comes to a lot of things, especially this job. Um, you know, one of the, my favorite things to do is get out and, and watch your group and just like, you know, do all these great arm gestures and really, you know, yeah. get with in there, you know, and, 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 and the kids respond to it too, which is yeah. cool. And so that kind of gives me, you know, a, a little bit of a, an emotional high as well. And so, but, but I think that, you know, you have to come from a place of what is causing me to feel this way and, figuring out how do I objectively look at this? How do I take this apart, put it back together and figure out where I really don't need to stress or not where I really, the anxiety that's coming on me is something that I is, is really something I can control is something I can recognize and go, yes, it's happening. And you know, maybe I'm doing breathing exercises to calm myself down. Maybe I'm doing meditation. Maybe I'm watching a movie. I'm just getting out of the environment that I was in. You know, maybe yeah. I'm going, okay, I feel this. And I know when I feel this way, then I need to do X, Y, and Z. That usually helps me pull out of it. And then for some reason, you can't get yourself out of it. Then it may be time to seek a therapist. Go see your primary care physician. Talk about those things. Because there really are things, you know, from a uh, chemical imbalance standpoint, from a way our brain is geared from our background, any trauma, any craziness we've got in our past, that impacts the way that we perceive all of the things that come at us. And, and to not, to not recognize that is just silly, you know, yeah. and, and to say, well, you just need to, you know, rub some dirt on it and keep, no, no. These are things that if you don't deal with them and you don't walk yourself through them, you don't really come out on the other side. And, and that's where people get stuck in a rut that's where people end up in cycles of behavior that are just quite frankly destructive, you know? Yeah. So you, you have to be proactive. You have to go, okay, I'm feeling this way. I'm going to do something to change it. You know, does Absolutely. that make sense? Oh, 100%. Yes. And I, I equate it to, you know, I don't know what a migraine feels like, right? I've never had a migraine. I don't, I, I don't think I have anyways. Sure. Right? I've had bad headaches, right? But, um, I just tough it out on bad headaches a lot of the time. I don't take medication for it. I don't take like a Tylenol or an ibuprofen or, okay. or anything like that. But the people that have the exact same headaches mm -hmm. might take a Tylenol or an ibuprofen and it makes their day better. Correct. And so anti-anxiety meds yes. can be the exact same thing. They certainly can. Where you are always stressed out about stuff and yes. then you have some medication that's prescribed by a doctor that allows you to not necessarily see everything differently, but not get just absolutely overwhelmed with mm -hmm. worry. And, and I think too, you know, the overwhelm with worry, that's where we, we lose the ability to think clearly. Okay. So we have anxiety. Fine. Can we still think clearly in that moment? Right. Can we think clearly enough to talk ourselves down? Right. Yeah. Um, and, and there's, there's 
some anxiety that is always going to be there in some form or fashion. Absolutely. Like I just, you know, this is the UIL eligibility check. Mm-hmm. And so just checking everybody's grades and, and you know, teachers being absent or, yeah. um, you know, things like that that kind of cause mistakes to happen or, or something where I have to go in and, like, you know, fight yeah, for these kids or be advocates you, for it. I remember talking to you at the end of the week last week and you were ready to blow the building up. Yeah, I, mean, I was just cause, you know, cause there was anxious, just so, out of breath, anxious. Yeah, just so much of this should not be happening. This is ridiculous, blah, blah, blah. You know, yeah. not that you were saying that, but, yeah. but, I mean, you just have those things going through your head of, like, man, if I didn't have to deal with all of this, how great would life be, right. <laughs> you know? Right. So... Well, um, so yeah, I, I think that's good. I, I think the, the main thing I want people to understand uh, with regard to anxiety is it is real. Uh, it's not something you just wish away. It is something that you have to deal with and walk through. And, and at times it's something you may have to, to seek professional help for. Because sure. chances are, even if, you're, even if you're a band director and it's like, well, I'm only anxious in my job. Number one, I don't believe you. Um, you know, number two it is quite likely that with some um, objective counseling and somebody looking at things through a, a completely clear non-biased view can help you see some things about yourself that might help you cope and deal with those situations when they occur. So, okay. So that's anxiety. Let's go to stress. Now you have any stress in your, in your life? (laughs) No, no. Yeah. Me either. It's completely stressful. Nobody does that. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. So, um, so what are symptoms of stress? Just being overwhelmed, overworked, overwhelmed and just. Or feeling that way. Feeling. Yeah. Feeling overworked and overwhelmed and just, you know, a lot of pressure from, you know, bosses or pressure from yourself, honestly. Right. Sometimes we're our worst critic. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, Yeah. And, uh, and you mentioned headaches earlier, like we can get stress and tension oh, yeah. headaches, yep. right? Um, blood pressure, blood pressure can go up yes. because you're under stress. A lot of times you don't even realize it, you know, until your heart starts jumping around in your chest and you're like, oh, maybe that's a problem. Right. You check your pulse and like, oh, I can't count that high. And, you know, y- you have to understand that um, no matter what, stress just... It is a thing. I don't care what industry, business, education, you know, uh, military. What, you, you, there's always some level of stress, no matter what your profession. Oh, and oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, that I I would say that stress is a lot more visible to our students than than anxiety. I think that's a good point. Why do you Why do you think that though? Because they can tell when you're stressed out. That's right. I mean, I. And I know that we all have those, uh, we, we put the same uh, sign up on our door every Friday for, no for game day. No questions. Do not ask the directors, you know, ask this person, this person, this person. We will burn you but, with uh, our laser eye vision if you ask one single question. Right, right. And then when they do ask a question, you know, answer it and everything. But like, you know, just kind of give a little stressed out uh, kind of thing. Um, you know, our drum majors today in like our group chat were yes. just like, Hey, make sure that y'all come ask us questions instead yeah. of stressing out they're the like, directors. They're trying to like buffer for you guys. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. And and so your kids care about you. Your kids want you to be in a good mood and they know that a lot of your job is stressful. Yes. And and they, you know, they don't want you to be stressed out. You know, right. They, right. It's not that I don't want to say it's not that big a deal uh on the stuff that they see you being stressed out about. But um but, you know, they, they want you to be in a good mood right. instead of just 
worried about them the whole time or stressed out about how much work yes. you're putting into it. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, the other part too is like on some level, the kids don't want you to be stressed out because of right. anything that's impacting them. You know, yep. I mean, now there's always, you know, the, the kid that's like, huh, let's see what I can do to get that vein in Mr. Fuller's head to pop out. You yeah. know, there, there's that, but, but just in general, the kids don't want you to feel bad about what you're doing either. Yep. They want you to feel good. They want to feel good. They want to feel like everybody's moving and working towards a, a common goal and making progress, you know? Yeah. And, um, so, so yeah, I think, I, I think that's, that's a big thing is, um, you can say all day long, no, I'm not stressed. When everyone around you knows you, they know your mannerisms, they know the things you say often, they can tell when things are not going well. And I'll tell you the most, the most in tune people to that is typically your family, the people that you're around the most, but you know, kids, (laughs) kids are kind of like, you know, bees and dogs, they can smell fear. And so if you're in a place where it's like, they're going to pick up on it very, very quickly. And, and so, and you'll get this, you'll get this, uh, Mr. Ford, you doing okay today? Yes, I'm fine. Why? (laughs) You know? And, and then, but then you, you go, you know what? I wasn't really feeling grumpy. I didn't feel like I was being grumpy, but I was in fact coming across that way because of whatever stress or whatnot was going on, you know, outside. And the hard thing too is maybe you do have a a jerk administrator who's just an absolute moron and, and you are getting it from him or her as far as what is being done or what you're doing. And then you have to put a smile on your face and go back in front of your kids and, and be positive. And, and, you know, a lot of administrators don't understand that either. It's like, look, yeah. you, there, there's a right and a wrong way to approach this. Even if it's a performance issue, it's a right and a wrong way. And so that teacher is carrying now the butt chewing they just got, plus having to figure out how to fix whatever it is that they need to fix and teaching these kids how to sight read or whatever it is that you're doing that day. Right. And so you don't talk about stress. Holy moly. You know? Yeah. Um, I'll tell you another one is um, when we're waiting on drill or we're waiting on music to come in, that is stressful. That is extremely stressful. Oh yeah. Do you hear me designers? That is stressful. (laughs) Yes. There's an element of creativity there, but if your creativity again goes back to, you know, you have to watch Netflix in order to get creative ideas. Okay. You need to be upfront with the band director about that and go, look, I don't know when I'm going to get this to you because like I take my inspiration from watching the crown or whatever the show is. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, and so, you know, that can cause a tremendous amount of stress. And, and the bad part about it is we don't have anything to do with that. There's nothing we can do to control your lack of delivery, your lack of doing what we asked you to. And then boom, the stress meters right back up, you yeah. know, which can also lead into anxiety depending on how close we are to contests and those types of things. So, yeah. Um, so when, when you're stressed, how do you generally behave? Um, not, I wouldn't say I'm angry, Okay, but I'm definitely not like the, just the happy go lucky, like Mr. Webb, not the normal Mr. Webb. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I just, and the kids can see it, you know, but I, but I also communicate to the kids a lot of the time, what makes me stressed out the most. Right. And so. Like one, one example is we sit in our office um, that's just right off from the band hall. Yeah. And the band hall is where they get their meals for Fridays. Yes. Like their meal plan. Right. And one of my biggest pet peeves is when they're all standing in there waiting on their meal, 
kids acting like they're at like a nickel rama birthday party and they're screaming <laughs> and jumping around and playing and tag acting or, yeah, acting yeah. crazy yeah and i can hear them through the wall like screaming at the top of their lungs and i'm yes. like all you're supposed to be doing is just waiting in line to get a meal plan. right it's pretty simple right it's, it's a very very easy set yes. of directions yes and so it is it takes every ounce of my being sometimes <laughs> to not go flip the lights in the band hall and yell at them right for being for yelling you know, right. and and so that's that's a good point. That's a good point. But um, but they know that now. And yeah, so. <laughs> you know, I, I I found too there was a lot of times where where I could just stop talking and just look yes. and wait, and then it was like, oh, please don't kill us, you know, and which is crazy because I've never killed anybody, and you know I've never thrown a chair, I've never you know kicked anybody out of band for talking. I mean, never done any of that, but. But because of the the scenarios and situations that we find ourselves in, uh, and we're with our kids so much, man, they know, they know when oh, they've yeah. gone too far. And so, and usually it goes like this, uh, they yell and scream, we come out and go, stop it. And we go back in the office and they go, he, <laughs> yes, you know, yeah. and then they laugh about it. And of course yep. we, we probably laugh about it a little bit too. Um, I know a good friend of mine, we used to joke about, you know, like, man, we, we couldn't even survive in our own band program with the discipline that we have. Cause when we were in high school, we wouldn't <laughs> act like that. We'd, we'd have yes. been hanging from the ceiling, you know, yep. um, swinging and, and just doing all kinds of crazy things. So anyway. Um, okay. So for me, when I get stressed, um, I, I get headaches a lot. Um, back pain, a lot of that goes on. I can feel my blood pressure go up, uh, which I used to not be able to feel, but I can now. I really know oh, what yeah. happens. Yeah. Um, sometimes I will get headaches. I wouldn't call them migraines, but they're headaches to the point of where it starts and I can deal with it, kind of like what you were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. And then it gets to the point where I can feel my pulse in yes. my head, and that is no bueno, you know, not, not good for me at all. Another thing is I like to make lists. We've talked about this before. Sometimes I'll make the joke about, well, I made the mistake of making a list of all the things I still need to do this week because you <laughs> right. make the list going, okay, I make, make sure I get to do all this. And then you get to item number 27 and you're going, Oh my goodness. Now all of a sudden the stress of the moment and the anxiety of I'm not getting this done when I need to sets in and you're just like, uh, and then you get into that moment. Like you talked about of like almost avoidance where it's like, okay, I made the list. I'm going to set this over here and I'm going to work on something else. And I I know it's over there, but I'm just going to pretend like it's not there for now. Right. And, and that, that, that is something I struggle with. I will also also say when I was younger, when I would get stressed, I would, um, go from being pretty calm to pretty grumpy. Um, and those, those, uh, of my former students that are out there and Facebook friends and, you know, there, there's, there's a num- been a number of times where I reacted a couple of ways to certain situations where I wish I could go back and change that because it wasn't the right way to react, you know? Sure. Oh, yeah, and, 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 and you just kind of go, what, what were you thinking? And what I was really thinking was, I really just want this to stop now. And so what am I going to do? The fastest way to make it stop. <laughs> And, and, but that, that wasn't the right thing to do either. But also at times, man, I'm just, I take myself too seriously. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like from time to time, I just take myself too seriously. And so, and I know, you know, cause you and I've worked together. I take you very seriously. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but, but we get into this point where it's like, um, okay, we are the band director. We are the lead of this organization. We are the, 
you know, head of the family. We are the whatever of the whatever. And we put this immense amount of pressure on ourselves to, you know, and, and guys are really bad about this. Be fixers, right? You know, I want to fix this. Got to fix that. Got to fix that. What's the problem? I just want to fix it because we want to move on to whatever the next problem is, you yep. know? And a lot of times that, that is, that's not good for, um, you know, relationships because you start talking to your spouse and really, uh, especially if you're, if you're a, a male band director, you're married to a female, uh, who, or even male, who's not, not a band director, right? Yep. They don't understand. All they know is there's certain times of the year that they need to leave you alone. Yeah. You know, they don't understand. And, and sometimes all they want to do is feel heard in that moment. Like, Hey, you're really over the top. What's wrong? What's going on? What do we need to do? You know, but, yep. I, but I do think again, going back to this whole pull yourself up by the bootstraps and just suck it up and deal with it. That is not a healthy way to manage that. It's just not. Um, because what you end up doing is maybe you can be successful and pull yourself up by the bootstraps and keep going. But all you're doing is, is suppressing the way that you're feeling about that moment in that situation. And what, what's going to happen is it's going to show up again when you're not expecting it. Yeah. And, and it's not going to go well. Um, it, it's just not. I mean, life is, life is only, you know, so long and you burn yourself out doing this and yes. take years off your life. Like you've been saying, that's I mean, exactly just, right. And that's, and that, you know, that's also one of the, the main reasons you and I started this whole endeavor was because nobody's talking about this stuff, you know, or if they are, they're talking about it in a way where it's like, um, okay, I have anxiety or I have, um, enormous levels of stress that keep me from overcoming things. And, and that's where I sit is I sit here and I am, you know, essentially pushed down by anxiety and, and, and there's that viewpoint where, well, we just can't do anything about it. It just is what I is. It is what it is. I live with it. And there's no proactivity in terms of trying to understand where it's coming from and trying to overcome it. Now that's not to say that people don't really struggle with it. I know that they do believe me. I do. Um, but there has to be, like you said, life is only X amount of days and, and you, you don't get to decide what that number is, you know? Yeah. And so you have to be willing to go, okay, this is an issue for me and I need some resources or some assistance to work through this, to get from point A to point B. And, and, you know, cause when you're young, man, the things seem so huge when they're really not. I mean, I know for me, like the, the one of my, my main goals, um, you know, when I wanted to be a band director was my, my pinnacle goal in life was I wanted to be a head band director at a 3A school. Well, that occurred in my fourth year of teaching. So what do I do now? And then it was like, you know, I got to go downhill from there. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, but, but I mean, seriously, it's like, okay, well then I have to get the, then I have to get the rating. Okay. I got the rating. Well, now I got to do it again. Cause if I don't do it again, then it's not consecutive. And then we mix up in this mess of, we're good versus we're not good. And man, it can really be destructive if you're not careful. Now, the flip side of that though, too, is we can't go so far the other way where we go, meh, it doesn't matter. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yes. You know, I, yeah, exactly what you just said. I work your tail off, Mm -hmm. but when you're at home or when you're on the golf course or when you're at church, that's right. Um, you know, don't worry about band because all of your life, like, you know, when I'm 106 years old and I'm laying on my deathbed, 
You're going to live to be 106. We just talked about at how least. you. We just talked about how you don't know the number of days, and you're telling me you're going to live to be 106. 106 at least. At least, excuse me. Yeah. I probably won't get a new bed between 106 and 110. So, anyways, when I'm laying on my deathbed, you'll still be an amazing trumpet player. Yes, yes. absolutely. So, I'm laying on my deathbed. I'm not going to be thinking, you know, I'm glad that I really stressed out when I was, you know, 40 years old about that second division. That's exactly right. Oh my gosh, I could not agree more. I when I was when I was younger, um, we had. It was the night before UIL, okay? And we had a fire in the high school. Oh, my gosh. Okay? And I can't tell you the relief that I felt knowing I wasn't going to UIL that day. And it wasn't that we weren't prepared. (laughs) But you know what I'm saying? I know that you're like, like, well, was it that bad? No, no, no. It wasn't that. It was I was so spun up about that contest. And so we ended up having to go two weeks later to um, – it was a later site much farther away from where we were. Um, and we went and made it two. And we almost made it three in sight reading. Mm-hmm. And the judges were exactly right. And I was so frustrated and upset about that. And I thought, man, this is going to be great. And, again, part of that was me, me being young. But it really taught me a pretty valuable lesson in that, you know – it is just band. And my kids came back the next day and we still did band. And, and w- what was really interesting was once we were done with that year, none of us wanted to have that experience again. So it really started to move the culture forward. And I don't know, that was a, for me, that was a pretty, pretty pivotal moment, I guess is what I'm trying to yeah. say. Cause I've been as a, as a director, I've been pretty successful up to, up until that point in time. Um, and so that was kind of like a, a punch in the gut and then on top of the fire in the school and, and all of that. And so I, I just, but, but I sit here now and I go, that was so small and insignificant in terms of the way I was feeling the night of the fire. But man, I was like, just spun up because I knew when we, we were going to have to go the next day and yeah. I, you know, and yeah, so, oh yeah, absolutely. And I, I, and not to go back into our UIL podcast that we had, yeah. but thinking about, you know, going to contest and getting that first division is going to like save your program and stuff. If you are working hard and you are, your kids know that you care about them and know that you're teaching them and they're progressing on their instrument as musicians, they're going to want to be in your program. Right. But if you get a first division, I mean, we've, we've had students quit after getting a first division. Yes. We had students quit after making it to area finals last year. Absolutely. And so, you know, if, and that's their band, I mean, they're the, they're the ones getting to be on the field and on the stage and do all of that stuff. And if it's not as big a deal to them as it's, as as it is Mm. to you and like, you know, overwhelming your life with stress. Right. That's exactly right. Yeah, just take it easy. Yeah, take take it easy. Take a deep breath. The world's not going to come to an end. And and oh, by the way, nobody's off talking about how great of a band director you are right now. Like nobody's doing that. I know you think they are. They're also not talking about how bad of a band director you are. Right. You know. And if they are, honestly, if they are, let them because that's the type of individual that they are. And they've got that has got no place in our profession. It yeah. just doesn't. If people talk about great band directors being bad. You know. Yeah. I mean, that's it's. It's yeah, and every, it's a subjective matter, yeah. to be perfectly honest. I mean, you have success, and you can go, well, yes, that director was extremely successful. But I can also show you videos 
of, of bands and CDs of bands from 20 years ago that were hideously out of tune that everybody thought was amazing. Oh yeah. You know, and, and again, it's, it's just, and if you're, if you're just starting out and, you know, and again, you're working hard. You're not just like showing up and leaving. <laughs> right. You know, we're the not, bell tell, and we're we're not, not saying to, to not mail it in. Yes. Yeah. But I mean, if you made straight fives at contests, yeah. then next year you should feel really good because all you got to do is make straight fours <laughs> and <laughs> or a four, five, five or something, you know, and you've improved. Yeah. And the kids can see the progress and everybody goes, man, they're getting better. Right. But but in the interest of, of best practices, if we feel like we're going to be in that moment, we really should reach out for some help. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So last thing that let's get into. So what is competitive stress, competitive anxiety? What is that? Just getting nervous about competition. Mm-hmm. I mean, now why do we do that? What happens if I come in second? What happens if we? <laughs> you won't be the best anymore. Finals, you know that yeah, kind of stuff. Exactly. Well, what does happen when that when those things happen? I mean, life life goes on. It and does, then, and 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 I'll tell you one more is a lot of times those are the most valuable learning experiences we have as directors and students when absolutely. things don't go the way we think they're going to because we have no choice but to learn from it and go on. Because it's not like you can rewind it. It's like we get in our DeLorean and go back to the future and redo things, right? Yep. So, you know, and, and again, I, I go back to, um, especially when I was younger, the way I would feel about going to contests. It didn't matter how ready I was. I would, get, I would make myself sick to my stomach the night before contest. Yep. I was not okay until we were done with a performance. And then it was like, okay, I can breathe again. Now, admittedly I didn't recognize that it was stress and anxiety way back when I just thought, well, this is how you feel. And there were many, many years where I probably could have done some things to uh, eliminate some of that and didn't do it. Cause I just didn't, I didn't grasp what was happening. You yeah. know, I just thought, well, this is what being a band directors is like. Yeah. And, and no, that's not, <laughs> that's uh, not how uh, that's supposed to go. Yeah. For me, I don't, I don't typically eat on like performance days or contest days. Right. I mean, I'll eat some, but I don't, I don't typically, I can't stomach a meal. My stomach is in knots. I am the same way. I am the same way. And, you know, and, and I've kind of just figured that out about myself over the years. You know, it's like, okay, I'm just, I'm going to eat something really small. I'm going to drink some water, make sure my brain's working the way it needs to work. And, and we're going to go do this. And then I'll eat when we're done. And I have not died once in doing that but it also helps me because you, you start getting your stomach in knots and now physically you're feeling poorly which now is going to additionally cause mentally for there to be something else in your brain other than what you need to be focused on right. and and that really is is a distraction so like how do you so that's one of the ways but like how do you what are some other ways to manage um essentially what it is is performance stress anxiety competition anxiety i'm a i'm a list maker kind of like what you were saying like writing stuff down okay um i have you know i have a clipboard with me in my backpack every every game every performance yeah um but i i always have like minute to minute yes um, scripts of what i what's going to happen yeah and what i don't want to forget about now do you find do you find when you write those things down you have to refer less and less to them because you've got it down out of your head. Right. I I am the same way. And I think that works the same way with the way that you are feeling about certain scenarios. Now, obviously that's not something you want to leave around for anybody to find necessarily. Yeah. But if, if there's something that's impacting the way you're feeling about a certain situation, 
just like the details of the day, get that garbage out of your head, get it, get it down somewhere where you can look at it as objectively as possible. And if you can't look at it objectively, again, we got to seek some help. We got to figure out how to have somebody help us reframe that, you know? Um, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of OCD about my lists and I know I've talked about this in another podcast, but right now, and I guess for probably the last three years, Mm-hmm. with the way my iPad is set up and the way I, I work in whatever program yes. I'm using. Yes. I have 174 things on my list every day. Okay. And some of them change. Some of them stay the same. Some of them get crossed off every day. Some yep. of them never get crossed off. Yes. But if I, if I get past everything that I have to do, I know that there's always, Hey, I have these leisure activities that I could, you know, this That's is, right. this is what I can and, do. And, and so it creates, it creates options too. Right. It creates, a situation where you don't have just to go, I'm wallowing in band, um, band territory. I can go exist elsewhere, yes. you know? And, and I think that's true. I think, you know, physical activity, like you talked about playing golf, right? I mean, exercise. I mean, if you start looking at the keys to reducing anxiety, stress, depression, exercise, whether we like it or not, is one of those. Yeah. Go for a walk. Go for a walk. Get outside. Uh, be in the sun a little bit. You know, wear appropriate SPF sunscreen. Yep. But 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 get out of the environment that you're in. Change your circumstances and surroundings so that you can maybe better reframe the scenario that you're in. Um, again, I think we talked about this earlier with just anxiety in general. Give your spouse, give the trusted people around you freedom to say, "Hey, you don't seem like you're doing okay." Like, like almost like in an accountability kind of way, you know, where it's like, man, you don't look like you're feeling good, you know, what, what's up and, and then be willing to entertain that discussion, knowing that whatever you share, it's going to be confidential, but they can go, okay, well, have you thought about this? Have you thought about this? Have you thought about this? Because again, if you're emotionally invested in the situation, there's no possible way to be objective. You know, in fact, you might know exactly what you need to do. And you might need help doing it because you're like, oh, I know what I need to do, but I really don't want to do it because I'm scared of it. I'm anxious about it. I, I don't like the unknown. I don't know how that's going to come out. I don't know what the result's going to be. So then I stay paralyzed. I don't move forward. I sit and develop an ulcer essentially is what happens. So now when I was, uh, just, and to, to relate that to the medical field, I guess, sure. you know, when I was a little kid, uh, one of my older relatives um, knew that they had like a, um, a lump. Oh, wow. And instead of going and getting it checked out, mm-hmm. they refused. Right. And it grew and it grew yep. and it grew. And they never went. Never. Yeah, that's, oh, and, that's and I mean, that's the kind of. It's real life. It's, it, yeah. it's, re- I mean, it's, it's legit real life stuff that. Yeah. You just, you know, you can't be frozen in fear. So, you know, if you feel like, okay, I can't, I can't move from here. You've got to get somebody to help you. You have to, whether it's banned, whether it's life and death, whether it's a medical concern, you know, maybe you're suffering from depression. Maybe you have severe anxiety and panic attacks. Get some help. Don't, don't just be like, well, I just have to deal with this on my own. And because you don't, you don't. And a lot of times the people around you, you know, there are a lot of people that hide panic attacks very, very well. There are a lot of people that hide depression very, very well. And so, you know, those are things. And I'm not saying like, you know, go around with a magnifying glass to your coworkers and go, hey, how are you feeling today? <laughs> but, you know, you do need to be concerned about your own mental health and well-being. Because, again, you've got so many different people relying on you. It's your quality of life for sure. 
but it's also your family relying on you. It's your kids relying on you. It's, you know, and, and I, I just, I think, again, if you frame that in the correct way, it makes a lot more sense to, to raise your hand and go, Hey, I need some help with this, you know? Absolutely. So, um, so yeah, so I, I think probably the, the wrap up on all of this is, you know, anxiety is real. Stress is real. Uh, competitive anxiety is very real in our profession. The wrong move is to avoid the feelings and go, I'm not feeling that way. Um, you, you just can't because no matter what you do, it's going to come back up and bite you. Yep. So you need to acknowledge it for what it is. And again, the whole reason we did this, this whole band hacks thing is if you need help, if you need uh, somebody to help you look at something differently, if you need somebody, um, to just, you know, look at the situation objectively, then we're here or we can find you somebody that can help in your area. We, I mean, we've got contacts all out throughout the country at this point. So if you need help that way, then, then man, reach out. Because what I would rather do is I'd rather as a profession, us be able to admit our flaws, our weaknesses, our challenges, as opposed to teaching our kids that we just need to gut it up and deal with it. I, I just, yep. you know, because, because you don't ever really deal with it. That's the problem is you, you I'm just going to rub some dirt on it and move on. And then it impacts everything that comes after that moment. So I know this, this episode is a little bit deep and, and kind of heavy. And again, what, what we're, we're talking about, we're not speaking from, um, a place of being psychological, uh, experts here. What we're talking about is two guys that have experienced every ounce of these types of things. Um, it is real. It does happen. Yep. And you do have to find ways to cope with it. And, and it can be very destructive if you don't do something, um, about it. It, it really can. So just yep. uh, again, make sure you take care of that. Um, Thanks so much for tuning in uh, and listening to this episode. The next episode we'll have, we're going to have a special guest. His name is Dr. Sean Walker. He is our executive director of secondary schools here in Rose City. And uh, he actually was a high school principal for a while. And very great guy to talk to in terms of leadership, student leadership, not only band, yeah. but just leadership in general. And so we're going to have him on next time. And uh, between now and then, everybody will, I'm sure, have several contests. So I want to wish everybody the best of luck and skill. Yeah. And, of course, Jason, good luck to you guys and our kids this weekend. Thank you. And I hope everything, everything goes well. So, uh, again, folks, reach out if we can be of assistance. And, as always, totally been a pleasure uh, being able to visit with you guys today. Have a great rest of your week.